When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Causeway Street Podcast. I am not usually your host, but I am Dutra, uh, joined here by Joel. Uh, Sway is going to be calling in a little bit later, uh, but obviously we have a ton to talk about today. Uh, Celtics came into Game 3 Friday night, down 0-2, and now it is Mon- uh, It is Tuesday. Sorry, I forgot what, what day it is. <laughs> all excited. Now we're tied 2-2. They took both games at home. It was a crazy, crazy uh, night on Friday night with Isaiah Thomas going off for 42 points. Um, career, prob- his career high. Career career playoff high. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. And then follow it up by probably one of the best games all year. Uh, you know, going down to the wire against uh, Atlanta in Game Four, they pull out a 104 to 95 victory. Series is all tied up, two to two. Joel, we got life, man. We're back in this, and all of a sudden it's a series. Yep, all of a sudden it's best of three. Well, the Celtics did what they were supposed to do: take care of home court, and they did it. They did it in 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 a really, really uh, what's the best word to describe? Like nerve-wracking fashion yeah i'm gonna say that um i definitely lost a couple years off my life watching (laughs) these past two games i wouldn't uh good weekend overall though great weekend great weekend i mean you come in you you need a gigantic win on friday night i think all the nerves were very high for that game because if you lose that series over right there um and then not only do you get isaiah thomas going off absolutely explodes for 42 points but you see Brad Stevens puts a little lineup change in there. You put Jonas Direkbo in there. You start Evan Turner. You bring Marcus Smart off the bench. That little change seemed to spark everything, which might be, you know, without A.B. Bradley, of course, might be the best balance of offense and defense that the Celtics have put together all playoffs. And shooting, too. Yeah. I mean, to start off, I mean, yeah. you look at it when, when we were in, when we were the Celtic, we were watching the Celtics down in Atlanta. Both of those games, they started off absolutely horribly. I mean, I don't think that's a secret to anybody, but Stevens pulls the trigger on that big move and pays dividends. I mean, you win two gigantic games, two must-win games if you wanted a chance to to stay in the series, um, and and really got. A, I get. I guess let's 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 start off and and look at. Let's just look at game two, right? Game one, I think we we see. Isaiah Thomas won us that game, pretty much single-handedly in that game. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. I, th- I was confused. They were talking about game one, like of the series. But oh, ga- game, game three. Game three. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about my tickets, man. <laughs> <laughs> tickets to game one. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so I, Isaiah Thomas absolutely dominated that game. So I think I think his mission alone was to just shoot lights out. That was it. That's just score the basket. Just score the ball, put the ball through the hoop, forget everything else, you know, 
forget setting up your players. They they were they were going to set him up. Evan Turner was the the main ball handler in that game. Well, I pretty much in both games, but in in, in game three in particular, and you know Schroeder, we all thought Schroeder had gone in his head a little bit, but he used that to motivate himself. Uh, good thing he didn't get suspended for the following game, but um, overall, great team effort. You had multiple people in double figures. Evan Evan Turner, Jarepko had a double double. I think it's like his first double double since he's been with the Celtics. Probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, I was absolutely shocked. I don't know if you guys, you know, yeah, if you if you caught our live podcast on uh, on Friday night, uh, me me and Sway we said that Jarepko was going to have a double double. And, and I went as far as saying that, you know what, he's going to be, he's going to go 20 and 10. And, uh, Dutra said if that happens, he was going to go shrieking at the garden. So he was, he was 13. No, he was, uh, eight points away from that happening. Yeah. No, seven points away from that happening. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it wasn't even <laughs> close, but still, Jonas Trekbo absolutely shocked me the way he played. I mean, he's been, when he's been in the game, you, you've always wondered, like, what is Jonas doing in the game right now? It's the fourth quarter. You know, in the regular season, mm-hmm. you you see him yeah. in these big spots, and you're like, "What is he doing there?" Yeah. But that really just shows you, like, Brad Stevens has so much trust in this guy to say this is an absolute must-win game, and we're gonna put you in the starting lineup. Oh. I was sitting there before the game, and I said, "This this can't be how how desperate the Celtics are right now." Yeah. But apparently, it wasn't desperation. Apparently, Brad Stevens has a hunch about Jonas Jarebko, Jarebko, and uh, he's right. He's right. No, it paid it paid dividends. It paid absolute dividends. Um, to trust Evan Turner to come, uh, to come in and 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 just con- just control the offense from from the get from the get. You had, um, I mean Amir Johnson had another great Amir game. Amir Johnson too. had a, oh man, he had a monster game. It seemed like the Atlanta Hawks forget about him down low, at times. I think so. I I, I mean they don't really have a guy defensively, like they love they love to play in the paint mm-hmm. defensively, but they don't have a guy that can body up on on a on a big man who plays down low. No. Right? They they're guard they're very good at clogging the paint and making it hard for people to drive. Mm-hmm. But if you can get position down low on them, which is why I'm so disappointed in Jared Sellinger. That he should be dominating any of these any either Horford or Millsap defensively. I mean offensively when they're playing defense on him. He should be dominating cuz he should be able to get to the to the hole at will. But um you see, Amir Johnson is able to do that. Amir's just got that little hook that it's just been money, and and he really showed that in game three of the uh, game three of the the series. Rebounding too has been huge. Yeah, uh, I think he had double figures in both games of rebounding, if I'm not mistaken. And the bench with uh, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart going off and 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 at a crucial moment in the third quarter of the of, of game three. Right, he coming in. I think he had 11 points and five assists. That was that was that was money. I think I think that 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 little that little tweak in the in the lineup just yeah, it just, I, it, just it just overall was just great. I think uh, I think Marcus Smart found his found his little role here. I think he's found it and and made sure that he's. I think he's com- more comfortable coming off the bench. Uh, I, I think he he fits it as a six man defensive. You know, but then, then he can, he's a streaky scorer, man. If he starts feeling it, he, he's, you know, he's going to keep heat checking himself. And if he keeps dropping, if he, they keep going in, I mean, it's, it's a, a big deal for the Celtics to get that uh, production off the bench. But let's, uh, let's move on. So, so game one, we bring it back Friday night, Celtics win. Uh, but then we go into game two, which was Sunday, 
Sunday evening, not really Sunday night, but Sunday evening, uh, Celtics were able to overcome a monster, an absolute monster. If you thought Isaiah Thomas went off in game one, Paul Millsap went off even more um, in game two. I wish I had a better analogy there, but he went he went absolutely off. 45 points um, on 61% shooting, uh, 50% from the three-point line, 13 rebounds. I mean, you look at it, and he just had a, he had a monster game. For Atlanta fans, he was due. Yeah, he was due, he was and due. I think I think Boston fans <laughs> saw that too and said, "Matt, yeah. he's gonna come around. He's gonna have. Uh, there's gonna be a Paul Millsap game, yeah. and it, it, on it happened in Game Four, which was a must-win game for the Celtics. So, I mean, it is an absolute understatement to say that the Celtics were able to get by on that Paul Millsap game. They were able to weather that storm. They knew it was coming, and still able to pull out the victory. One oh one oh four ninety five. That, in overtime too. In took, overtime, took it. Took an extra five minutes. Oh, trust me. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I swear that that game, the, the way that game went with, um, you know, Millsap just looking absolutely unstoppable. I, I it, it's almost a miracle the Celtics were able to, to keep up and 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 pull that pull out that win. As great as Friday's uh, night's um, win was, I think this on Sunday was the best game of the series so far, overall. Um, yeah, C's, I, I agree with that. I think the C's on offense and defense showed great balance. Uh, it, when they made a mistake on the offensive end, they were quick to come back on the defensive end. Right. I mean, the this, the Celtics had seven blocks, but it seemed like it was so much more. Right. You had you had you had uh Thomas block. He had a, he had a crucial block in, in, at the end of overtime on Millsap, and he turns around and, and converts that into a, in a corner three pointer that that was a dagger. Yep, right that, there. And then Garden explodes, game over, overtime, that, done. That place was so freaking loud. It's dumb. And <laughs> trust me, Friday and Sunday, it's probably the two loudest. Uh, maybe I'm biased. No, but it's still it's But still watching loud. it on TV, yeah. Friday and Sunday. You, you could barely hear Mike and Tommy. I think that that was the loudest crowd in the NBA playoffs so far. It's ridiculous. I don't I I even watching it on TV, maybe Golden State had a game, but they don't they're not they're not into it as much as we are right ridiculous. now. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyways, Game two will not only be known as the Paul Millsap game, it's also going to be known as the Marcus Smart game of this series because uh, Mr. Marcus Smart absolutely took over. He played 41 minutes. I would say arguably 10 minutes of that was prob- probably some of the best basketball we've seen from Marcus Smart in his entire career. I mean, yeah, the other I 30 mean- minutes you could probably throw out because he was pretty much a scratch player for for most of it, but... Uh, a big, big pivotal moment in the in the fourth quarter where Brad Stevens. Now it's going to go down, and this is going to if the Celtics are able to win this series, it's going to go down in sort of the Celtics folklore. But uh, he goes to Marcus Smart, and Paul Millsap at that time has forty two points, hasn't been able to be stopped by anybody, um, and was tasked with Brad Stevens tasked Marcus Smart would say and said, "Go guard Paul Millsap." Your point guard. You're going to put on Paul Millsap, who hasn't. He he was flying through Amir Johnson. He flew. He was unable to be stopped by Jay Crowder, their best defense defender. Defender Jonas Drebko was like a wet blanket on him all day. Um, Evan Turner had no luck. You look to Marcus Smart, and he turns the game around. Marcus Smart goes on him. He scores four more points the rest of the fourth quarter and overtime combined, while Marcus Smart absolutely goes off. Has 20 points in the game. Um, three for eight from downtown, but you know, 
I think those three 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 pointers came all in the last couple uh, minutes in overtime. So, uh, absolutely one of the he, he had, one of the biggest games. He had back to back three pointers. Start that run to start no to yeah to end his like eleven straight points and right. the at the midway through the fourth quarter he actually the the last three, the second three pointer that he that he hit was the go ahead um, bucket for the Celtics they were up eighty five eighty four with like three minutes left and one of the first possessions that he was guarding Paul Millsap on if you remember it was a little transition blocked by Marcus Smart came right behind him and blocked mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I mean that really trend that really turned around and then I think he hit the three. Came block Millsap, came back, hit another three, and then it was rolling. I mean, there was a there was a a, a, a bunch of things happening at once. You know, Marcus took a couple of couple of bad like ill advised shots, but it was still able to rush back and make something happen on the defensive end. Yeah, uh, he didn't flop, which was good. At least at least I didn't see any flopping. He probably flopped. We just didn't <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> after, I mean, after let's coming, be honest, he's good for one or two a game. Yeah, I mean, after but after coming off. Uh, uh, the fine and, and everyone talking about it around the league and and this was this was his his coming out party. I well, guess. I think you still saw it on that one play with uh, Kyle Korver where it looked like Kyle Korver ran him over, but it also looked like Marcus Smart may have pulled him down a little bit. That call was a fifty fifty call. Probably should have been nothing. Should have been a no call. Yeah. yeah, but Marcus Smart got it. Yeah. Marcus Smart got that call because that, that it was call. that's that's a reputation foul. That's right a reputation. There. Yeah. So I mean that's something that we need to keep an eye on too. But yeah. let's bring in especially uh, down in Atlanta. Yeah, down in Atlanta, when you go back down there, man, they're not going to give him any favors. So, um, so joining us live on location in Boston, always in Boston, Joe Sway Pavone, uh, or you could, we just call him Sway. I don't think he's ever been called Joe Sway on the show before. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) He calls himself Joe Sway. (laughs) (laughs) He introduces himself that Uh, way. Okay. (laughs) What's up, Sway? Yes. Yes. I do call myself Joe Sway. That's my name. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on, guys? I don't think I've called you Joe Sway like in probably, mm, I don't know. Eight years since I knew you? Yeah, it kind of sounds weird hearing you say it. I think when we first met, maybe it was one of the last times you called me that. Yeah. Anyways, let's not go down memory lane here. But, uh, Sway, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just got weird. Okay. Well, I don't know how we met, guys. I mean, we can go into that story. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Sway, your biggest takeaway from these two wins uh, in Boston by, by the Celtics getting now back 2-2 two and two in the series. The good takeaways. One, Isaiah Thomas is a star. Okay, if, we, if people, if that's still a debate, if people still say that the team needs a star. You can't say that anymore. Okay, the, the team has a star. His name is Isaiah Thomas. The second thing I'm taking, I have to take away from this past weekend, is the unsung heroes, Marcus Smart and Jonas Jarebko. Hell of a weekend for both of these guys. One guy. Has stepped into a role that Atlanta, I feel like, just can't figure can't figure him out. I mean, he's doing what he wants to. He's got he's on back to back double doubles. He's shooting well. He's playing. He's defending well. He's hitting the big shots. They're leaving him open. You know, and, and that's he's been the biggest difference in terms of of just how the how the floor looks when he's when he's on with it. That starting five having Jarecko there just changed the the complexion of 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 the Celtics offensively and defensively. And, and that's just him, by him just being there on offense. He doesn't have to necessarily score all the time, but he's he's doing that for you. So I think he's a huge difference. And then when we're talking about Marcus Smart, defensively he's been there, but offensively he exploded on Sunday night, right when everyone was getting ready to just, they were, everyone was done seeing him on the floor. 
he goes off, he hits big shot, he hits 11 points, so 11 straight points in that fourth quarter, and then defensively, he contained the the most the most valuable guy in the entire series, a guy who was on his way to, to scoring 50 points in in uh, yeah, almost an Al Horford and, and Paul Millsap, a career night, almost almost missed score 50. He, he slows him down, mismatch, you know. You look at their their body sizes. Marcus Smart should have no business being able to control to control Paul Millsap, but it's exactly what he did in that overtime. And towards the end of that fourth quarter, when when the Hawks needed buckets, they turned to Millsap. He, he couldn't he couldn't get it done. He, he couldn't save the night for the Hawks, and it turned up being a, a crucial loss for the Hawks. As now that things are tied up going into Atlanta. Yeah, so so it, it's interesting you you bring up Smart because we had talked about him a little bit before. But I, I want to get in, into a little more on that because so what what is it that he's doing now? I mean, what is it that in the past two games, like and and, and let's even let's even face it, it wasn't even all of Game Four because part of Game Four he was absolutely awful. Um, but what is it that that he does that I don't know? He's able to make these big plays and make it so that he's he's always con- contributing. Uh, Positively, when when you think it's when you think he's had a bad game, and then you look and you say, "Wow, he's been one of the most valuable players on the team." I think it comes down to what, what the, the confidence that Brad Stevens has in him. Honestly, I mean, he, he's been he just he sticks with Smart. You know, right. the last two games, right. the first two games of the series, they were they were tough games. You know, Smart he, he was making uh, terrible turnovers. He was uh, you know trying to do things offensively that just that, that weren't going his way. I think he was what one for eleven. And it was a game two or game one. Yeah, he was game chucking, two, he was, he was awful. He, he was forcing up three-point shots. And Stevens never took him out. Stevens continued to give him solid minutes. He continued to put him, you know, keep him in the rotation. And, you know, he gave him that one start for, for uh, you know, Avery Bradley, you know, in game two. And, and of course, yeah, he took him out of the starting lineup in, in, in game three, which maybe could have added some more, could have added motivation for, for, for him individually. But his, his minutes have never decreased. You know, he, he, he continues to be in the rotation and, and a go-to guy for, uh, for, 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 for Brad Stevens. And I feel like that shows how much confidence Stevens has in him. And I think it's just, it all came out in, in game four. No, um, I think, I think you're absolutely right, Sway. Um, I just want to add like one thing to that. I think him coming off the bench now. You may. He you lets may the, add one thing. he lets the, he lets the, uh, the game come to him. He's not trying to force, or, or put pressure on himself to do other things that it might be out of a little bit out of his comfort zone. So he sees what's going on. And he's like, all right, I have to come in and do X instead of coming in and do X, Y, Z, you know, and beyond. Right. He's like, all right, I see that, you know, we're having a hard time containing Paul Millsap. Just for an example, right? We're having right. a hard time containing Paul Millsap. That's my number one job. Hey, hey, you know, Stevens, Stevens comes up to him. Hey, Marcus, how about you guard? Marcus, I mean, you guard uh, Paul Millsap, who already has 41, 42 points, but let's keep him from going beyond that. Okay, coach, gotcha. Goes in yep. and, and, and goes right, right under him. It was kind of, uh, again, I'm not trying to compare the two, but it was kind of like the a la Rondo against LeBron, you know, three, right. three four years ago. And, 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 and it just, it's, it's one of those things where I bet you Paul Millsap was like, oh, I got this guy. Right. But then after a few plays, he's like, but then he started, what the hell? <laughs> then he started fronting him. And he, he started wasn't letting, the, him. He wasn't exactly. letting the pass come in. And he wasn't letting the pass come in. He was getting frustrated. He was trying to force up shots. And, yeah. and I think it's an interesting point. It just, it just, it just interrupts everything that he was trying to do. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, yeah, I mean, once he started, once he had like, had something to focus on and really had something that this was his one thing, 
that's when the game turned around. That's when those mm-hmm. he was able to just work through the offense, hit that open three, mm-hmm. get a block, get a steal, yeah. get you know. You're, you're forcing turnovers and you're you know you're, you're running the, the the open floors, which is the Celtics' bread and butter. They love doing that, and that's how they score in transition. That's how you get Isaiah Thomas going. Yeah. So so the trickle, the trickle effect. He let the offense come to him. And in game two, I feel like he thought that he had to be Avery Bradley. He had to take yes, these big shots. Yes, thank you. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. These three-pointers. And it was like, no, you're never yeah, – I'm sorry, Mark. You're never going to shoot like Avery Bradley. You know, you're never right. going to be that hey, never guy. say never. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that you, you just you, you play to your strengths. And, right. he, and his strengths are playing defense that leads to offense. Yeah, right now he cannot step and fill the same exact role that Avery Bradley has. He, he's got to be – he, he has to be the best 33% shooter of all time. Right. Because you don't even realize that that's what he's shooting right. for, like in this series. Yeah, I mean, I remember telling telling Joel, you know, Sunday night when we were watching the game, I was like, he just doesn't back down, man. I mean, he can miss he's got nine, balls. ten shots in a row, and he'll he'll take the next one with confidence. And that's why and I love a, the guy. That's exactly why right. I love the guy. You need a guy like that in the playoffs because it doesn't matter, you know, how old he is. You know, he's years away from being 25. Just think about that for a second. You know, as Isaiah Thomas reminded us after the game, you know, he's, he's such a young guy, but he has the confidence that, that, that he's going to hit that next shot, that he's going to make that next big play. Mm-hmm. And that fourth, in that fourth quarter, those 11 points, you know, that, that confidence was just spewing all over the floor, man, on both ends. Defensively, offensively, I mean, this is a guy who he's, he just has, you know, for lack of better, you know, term, he just, he has balls, man. I mean, he just has balls, and he's not going to back down from anyone, and he's not afraid to. He's not afraid to fail. He's the best, really not afraid. To fail. The best part, though, I love about Marcus Smart and the and and these two games especially is that he doesn't give up on any play. Like he's never done that in his entire Celtics career. I mean, that that's that's what he is. No, what I'm saying though, but like that's that's probably the the thing I like about him the most is that right. no matter how much he messes up or how many how many times he might make a mistake, he's. He's trying to redeem himself always. Look at Joel coming over to the Marcus Smart bandwagon. No, Here I, we go, baby. I never, I never hated him, man. I never hated him. I, <laughs> I never hated him. Pretty sure we had three straight episodes. No, with I us never arguing. hated him. No. We Anyways, had, we had a you know. Can I ask you just one question? No, hold on. Before before you say that, we just I don't had, hate the right we just word, had a different. You wanna... we, no, no, we had a different. We have a difference of opinion of if has as if he has improved. I was just going to ask you that question. Two. So has he now? Can you can you at least agree with me that he has improved? He's still the same player. Oh come! Oh my! God. But he's not. It's not a bad thing though. Anyways, we're not going to get into that today. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Sway, question. Game five in Atlanta. We may be in the building. I know we're sending you down there on uh, assignment. Maybe get you on a plane, flying down to Atlanta. Anyways, <laughs> I know I'm pissing you off. Get ready. I'm just joking with you. Um, game five. We. Look at Paul Millsap going off, and and I think this is one thing that I think is going to be huge to look at in Game Five. I think it's fair to say he won't do that again, though. Okay, he maybe he won't do that again, mm-hmm. right? Maybe he won't do that again. Yeah. But he absolutely exposed the Celtics' defense, and it was just one game. The Celtics were able to contain him in the first three, but I think they can they exposed him. Uh, they were able to expose their defensive schemes towards Paul Millsap. So now this is the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you can just body up Marcus Smart again on Paul no, Millsap. No, you're, you're you can't right. do that. You're right, but you know why though that Brad Stevens put multiple bodies on on him until he finally got to Marcus Smart? It's because Crowder was scoring. If Crowder is, no, I don't think so. If Crowder is focusing more just on defense, I'm not saying that he should, but if Crowder's focusing more on 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 defense, then he's not going to go off the way he did. Well, no, I think Crowder's always been shooting. He just hasn't been making the shots. I don't think that has anything to do with the way that they play defense against 
Paul Millsap. I think Paul Millsap was being a lot more aggressive. I mean, he took 31 shot attempts. Obviously, he was feeling it, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, Jay Crowder, he only took only took 11, 11 shot attempts, man. I mean, he's been averaging right around 11 every game. He just made a couple this time, which made it seem like he was, you know, much more of a part of the offense. But he didn't score in the second half, which was the half, which was where Paul Millsap did his damage. Right. So this is, this is it. So this is, this is my question for, for Sway and, and you too, Joel. But like, what can the Celtics do to make sure that this type of game doesn't happen again? Cause you can dodge a bullet once when you let somebody score 45 points on you and you still win. You could dodge that bullet once, but if they go back down to Atlanta and Paul Millsap becomes aggressive again and decides he wants to take over the game, uh, Sway, how, how do the Celtics stop that? And how do the Celtics uh, avoid that from happening? I mean, at this point, I don't see them changing what they what they've been doing. You know, I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, Paul Millsap caught fire. I, I don't hate you know throwing different guys on him. You know, Crowder, Jarebko, everyone taking turns, and I, I don't see him being able to to drop forty five again. I think one of the things that we have to take away from what Paul Millsap did was that, you know, look for because of what happened, because of his performance, I think you can, you can expect Atlanta to, to start throwing it into the paint more often. And that's between Paul Millsap and Al Horford. I think that Al Horford kind of shot away because of how well uh, Millsap was doing. I think the, I think the Hawks are going to try to, uh, have those two guys play off each other in and out of the paint. We know that Al Horford has that, uh, that mid-range jump shot. I think they, if they're both, you know, if they're both getting their touches and, and, and getting set up down low or within the, the uh, the mid-range area, I think that's the problem for the Celtics. You know, toward the end of that stretch, toward the end of the fourth quarter and, and, and including overtime as well, I feel like Atlanta just try to shoot their way back into the game. I feel like they put a lot of, uh, shots from the, uh, a lot of outside uh, contested shots that really, that really made me scratch my head because I'm thinking that Atlanta Jones is, you know, start going to Millsap more often. Millsap's having a, a couple of tough tries with um, with Smart, but I feel like they would, they would try to get things, get the ball inside the paint and get easier looks, but they, they, did, they did the complete opposite. You know, Corbin threw up a couple of shots, Jeff Teague, you know, I don't know what that was, you know, that, that's the end of the fourth quarter where I feel like the play was for him to, to you know, sidestep uh, I stepped over um, over uh, Isaiah Thomas and, and hit a three. I mean, that was the play. I, it was an ISO play. Teague, the way he executed it, obviously was was horrendous. He waited till about the I think the third the, when there was three seconds left to make a move. But I mean, that was their that was their play. There wasn't no setup. There wasn't no screen. It was one on one. Teague versus Isaiah jump shot game over. I mean, that's that was their execution towards the end of that game. Yeah, was to, was to take these take these open shots. Rely on Baysmore and 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 Corver and and Teague. Let let your let your shooters you know hit the big shots. And I think they're not going to make that same mistake in in game in game uh, five. Yeah, let's revisit that play for a second because that was that was an extremely interesting play. Tie game. I think there was what eight seconds left in the no, game. Fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. Oh, fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. seconds. Right. Jesus. He let the clock dwindle, dwindle down until about. Four or three seconds Four, before, and then he, then he, before he actually made his move, and so, he, he lost the ball, and then right. Isaiah grabbed we, we, it. We've seen we've seen Teague do that before, especially in last year's playoffs, where yeah. you know they they turn to him. It's sort of like what you know the classic Doc. If the game is tied, you it know appears. Doc yeah. was was something. It appears. Let him do his you know his, his crossover. Sorry, Jeff shot. Teague, you are no Paul Pierce. <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, Teague, just the way he went about it was 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 horrible. But. I think the shot they were looking for was from the perimeter. I mean, that was the point of the play. I don't think it was a play where, where Teague was supposed to come off a screen or get an open look or a double screen to open up his jump shot. No, I think that was the play. And 
and I think that's something that they're not going to they're not going to do twice. You know, they're going to start they're going to start uh, exposing the uh, the Celtics' lack of an interior defense. Yeah. And like like Joel said, you're not going to have Marcus Smart guard Paul Millsap again, or especially throughout the entire game. Right, and and I think that's that last play. Like I don't get it. You got Paul Millsap, who's having the game of his life, forty five points, and you got the coach of the year. Former coach of the year on the, on the sideline, he can't draw up a play to get Paul Millsap the ball in his hands in the last play of the game. Like, how do you not do that? How do you rely on Jeff Teague and an ISO that I could draw that play up? Like, are you serious? Like, there's 15 seconds left in the in the game. Well, he did hit the the, the two just yeah, still the two, uh, the like two three pointers. Yeah, to, but still to go up in that game. Still, you, yeah. so so he was three, he ended up at the end after everything he was three for eight from shooting three three for ten from shooting th- uh, three pointers that game. I'm sorry, but if Paul Millsap's shooting 61% on the, from the floor and he's got 45 points, I'm, I'm giving him the ball at the end of the game. I think he was trying to give it to the hot man because at that point, Millsap hadn't scored. I, I don't know. I just think that if you are— like in the last five minutes, he didn't score. If you're supposed to be the former coach of the year, uh, you got to have a, a, hell of a hell of a better play than what you had there because that's unacceptable. Yeah. And if that was the other way around, if that was Brad Stevens that drew up that play, he would be getting destroyed right now well, in the Boston I'm sure, media. I'm sure the coach is getting destroyed in Atlanta. I don't know, man. They got no fans down there, anyways. Um, <laughs> no, but like, like the media. I'm not saying the fans, media, right? Media, yeah. Wise. <laughs> but they they probably talk about the they probably talk about Georgia football, man. That's about a, it. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of fucking you know stuff going on in Atlanta sports. Them spring ball to get those boys out there. <laughs> that was a bad southern accent, anyways. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah, moving on, anyways. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't think you change anything, man. I mean, you don't. Uh, yeah. What can you do? You know, double him up or or you know try to force him to go left or right. I mean. There's nothing really, nothing that Stevens could, could draw up that, that's going to prevent what happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like the, the way he's been going about it is, is, is not horrible, and he just he just caught fire. He, you know, that's the type of player he is. I mean, this is I, I've always said that. You know, Paul Millsap to me is if he, if he's not one of, he is the most underrated player in the, in the in the game for for what he can do on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and he's I think, that good. I think that's he's where, that good. I, I think that's where we're looking at it. Like his numbers never look as good as we think he is. I think to me at least, like I think he should be easily like a 22 and 10 guy from when you look at him. But I think he takes nights off. I think that's just the type of player he is. Like he's the first three games if he's averaging 8 points. Even after even after going off for 45 points, he's only averaging 17 points in the series. I mean, come on. You know, I, I think he's just the type of guy that's going to take some nights off, and he's not going to be, and maybe that's why the Hawks are the Hawks. That's probably why they are, and that's probably why I thought the Hawks were going to lose in five, or the Celtics were going to win in five because of those type of players. But, I mean, he did take over. you got to give it to him. We'll see what happens game five going back to uh, going back to Atlanta. Uh, and, and you know, we'll see. I mean, um, one thing I, I do want to get into, uh, too, is just overall the Jay Crowder thing, right? Um, he actually looked like he's going. He he was able to knock down a couple shots in the first half. So if you count it, he's actually had two really good halves of basketball this entire series. Uh, the end of ga- second half of game one. The poor the poor bugger shooting like twenty four percent in the series. It's bad, man. It's so really what bad. what is but, wrong with my but, man Jay Crowder? What is wrong with him? But you know what? It's not it's not as it's not that bad in terms of him his overall. Like performance, overall, just shooting, overall, wise. just shooting wise, because he's he's rebounding more than he did in the regular season. Yep, he's passing more. That's not his. That's not really in his repertoire to mm-hmm. pass. He's doing that. He leads. He leads the Celtics in steals at two and a half steals a game. Right. So he's playing D. He's doing everything else that he can. It's just the shooting. 
And I guess, but she's been I relied guess, upon. Well, I guess that I guess that's why you kind of bring in Jarepko. I mean, Jarepko, other than outside of Johnson, who's averaging sixty eight percent shooting because he barely takes a lot of shots, right? But still, they're they're, they're all inside. You know, they're all dunks and like layups. Jarepko is averaging his his average is forty six percent. He's like I said, outside of Johnson, he's he's the he's the Celtics best shooter right now. So if Crowder scores. Then it's a little, it's kind of a bonus, I guess, because he's doing everything else well, well to me I, at least. I, I just think that for them to win in Atlanta, for them to win in Atlanta, Jay Crowder needs to come back, man. He needs to come back, and they're gonna need to win right, one game okay, in Atlanta. So when you say that, how, how, what, is, what does that mean? I need, I need Crowder to have. You want Crowder to have twenty points? Is that what you want? Because I don't think it's gonna happen. I yeah, I think so, man. I I or I need him. I need him to to play a full game where he's shooting the ball like we know he can. Like he's a threat for most of the game because he started off that game hot. He started off that game and 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 I think hit. Uh, did he score all his points in the first half? Yeah. Okay. Eleven points in the first half. Okay. <laughs> See. <laughs> so then you're looking at that. If he could have picked that up, kept it going, then I think that game would have been a lot different. It would have been a lot different. But well, um, I, I just the the best part about that game is they they climbed out of that seventeen that seventeen point hole. Yeah, in the third. Mostly because of mostly because of Smart. Right, smart and Jarebko. Jarebko hit back to back threes. Mm-hmm. So did Smart, and, and then Thomas. They were right back in there. Yeah, so I just think I, I think that at home it's okay if you get a couple. You can you can come back from those deficits a lot easier at home. You can make up for a couple mistakes at home. But I don't care. Jay Crowder is the second best player on the team. He's the second best player on the team, and right now he's getting outscored by Jonas Jarebko. Okay, so for me, <laughs> so for me that's a problem. And for me, for the Celtics to have some success, and I'm not only talking about success in the series, all right, but I'm talking about overall success. If they want to go on a playoff run, if they want to have a chance, it always sounds like you're mad that Jarepko's doing better than Crowder. I am mad. But why though? Because like the series is tied, right? You you kind of you kind of find this diamond in the rough that Jarepko is able to do more things. It's okay, but it's only nine to eight points. It's not like Jarepko's outscored him by like he's not scoring at fifteen points a game, right? Back to back double doubles, which is pretty damn good. He's doing good. He's doing good. But if you're Jake Crowder, you're sitting there like. No, but Dude, you can't. He's not gonna shit on. He's not gonna shit on his teammate. No, he's gonna. But he's sitting there and behind closed doors. He's like reading the box where he's like, "Damn, I'm getting outplayed by Jonas friggin' Jarebko." He's got to be thinking that. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking that, and I'm watching it. So, okay, well, despite despite him shooting poorly, overall the Celtics are shooting 15 percent more. That's 15 percent better than they were in, in Atlanta the first two games. I know, I know, and and so that's a good thing because that's a, that shows the depthness of this team. The depth, the depth, wow, the, the depthness. depthness, wow. I just created a new word. The depth of this team. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just, I just think that I'm not looking at it in sort of a, a small view of just this series and just Game Five. But I think that if the Celtics have any chance, any chance at all of winning this series and putting up a fight against Cleveland, Jay Crowder needs to snap out of it. What do you think, Sway? Well, one of the things we talked about before Game Three was, was, was. Exactly what you're talking about. Exactly what you said. We mentioned how, you know, you need another guy to step up. You need someone to drop 20 at least. I don't think Jay Crowder necessarily has to be that guy. I really don't. I think you can beat this team without him doing that, which we saw obviously in game three and four. And the main reason I think that is because one of the most consistent guy, or at least aside from Isaiah Thomas, one of the most consistent scorer for the Celtics this entire series has been Evan Turner. I mean, Evan Turner, it kind of gets overlooked for what he's doing in his last couple of games because, you know, you got Isaiah Thomas dropping 42, you got Marcus Smart dropping 20 and, you know, 11 points in that crucial fourth quarter that brought them back. 
But we forget the fact that Evan Turner is not only filling up the stat sheet, he's not only giving you assists and rebounds and steals, he's also giving you 16, 17 points every single night. Mm. So not he's taking, not that far away from dropping 20. Not I mean, to he's taking anything guy, away from Turner. He's also only what? shooting 37% from the field and has led the team in turnovers too. But he's also well, leading the team that's assists. What when he's, that's what happens when he's shooting threes. I mean, how many, <laughs> how many Evan Turner threes have we seen throughout this series? Because Atlanta – you know, they look at him as somebody who you have to worry about when he once he gets out, you know, inside of that three point arc. You know, they kind of almost give it to him, and you know, sometimes he makes it, sometimes he doesn't. But in terms of him doing that, you know, I call it the uh, the, the the dancing moves. You know, I always say, you know, when he when he hits one of those couple a couple of those jumpers where he's he's spinning left and right and mm-hmm. and doing those moving jump shots, I call it all. You know, once once they go in, I'm like, all right, turns dancing. You know, here he goes. You know, those are plays that that Atlanta knows. Is is bread and butter, and even when they try to stop it, they can't. At times, you know. I just think so. I just okay. yeah. I, I I take Evan Turner scoring, and Isaiah Thomas for what he's doing. You know, being the, the leading scorer in the entire playoffs right now for the NBA. You know, those are two guys who I think can carry the scoring load, along with, of course, you know, the other complementary guys. Right, but that, that's I think the problem here is that like, you know, we're asking a lot out of Evan Turner, and I'll give it to you. He's he's played very well. He's played very well. He's been asked a lot. He's been asked to take a bigger role. But at the same time, Isaiah Thomas is leading the NBA in scoring in the playoffs, right? Can we rely on him to keep up that pace? Isn't that unfair to rely on him to keep up that pace? Isn't it um, Isn't it unfair to ask Evan Turner, who's been a fourth option on this team all year, to now have to be the second leading scorer on the team and be relied upon to do that every night? Like, no, no. Yes, but well, hold on, hold on. Because if you if you're down Avery Bradley, and if you and if Jay Crowder is not playing well, you have absolutely no chance to have, no, have prolonged success. I, I don't. I personally, no, I don't think so. Because you can I don't relax. think it's unfair at all. I don't. I mean, if you look if you look at what a, Evan Turner was doing going into the playoffs, I mean, he was he's been that guy. You know, after Isaiah, after Avery Bradley, you know, he's been that guy on a, a lot of. A, a lot of the times, he's that guy. Whether even though he comes off the bench, he's that guy who who flirts with you know twenty points or so. He's right there, right behind Isaiah and, and Avery Bradley, doing every, a little bit of everything, but also providing that consistent scoring. And I think in this in this uh, series against a team like Atlanta, that the prime focus is is preventing Isaiah Thomas from from uh, against the free throw line or getting easy easy layups. I think it opens things up for Turner, and it makes him. More comfortable to to go in the paint and or or or, or hit that that corner shot that he likes to make. Yeah, I, I really do. I, think, I don't know. I think he's embracing everything that's that's going on right I, now. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Evan mm-hmm. Turner. I'm just concerned that to win two out of the next three games, we're going to be relying on Isaiah Thomas scoring 40 points and uh, Evan Turner trying to score. Not not necessarily scoring 40 points because seriously though, how, where are they going to get their offense from? Evan Turner's not lighting it up, putting up 25 points a night. He's only he's only he's only averaging what uh, fourteen for, points a game. You forget though the, these last two games. You're talking about four or five players in double figures that we didn't see in the first two games. It's exactly what I'm talking about. You can't count on a Jonas Durepko double figure night. You can't count on Marcus Smart. But why not though? That's what's happening, Dutra. Right. That's what's happening right now. That's, okay, that's so where, you can that's have where, so did, so Mike Scott Mike Scott had a big game and Ken Ken Bazemore had a big game in the first first game. Uh, this, were, the, were the Hawks relying game, on them? Game, it's not that you're relying on them. It just kind of happens. That's what I'm saying, though. For the Celtics to have a legitimate chance, you need Jay Crowder to score. 
You if you're not gonna, if you're going to be down Avery Bradley, you need another scorer that you can rely on, and Jay Crowder should be that player. Just because Marcus Smart did it one game, just because Jonas Repko did it one game, and you know you're getting a good production from Amir, that's great. That's all well and great. But, but that's kind of been the idea of this team, though. But when it comes the down, next person, the next person is going to step up. Someone's right, going to step who up. Who are the leaders of the team this year? It's been it's been Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder. Right. So, so but, those are your best, three best players. But yeah, down I, two I of them. I understand that. But right? if Jay Crowder, if Jay, if Jay Crowder doesn't score your twenty points, and he it doesn't mean he has, he's had a shitty game. That's what that's what it sounds like to me. I, I, I never said twenty points. I'm saying you need him to be averaging more than eight points in the series. But he scored eleven. He scored eleven. He finally he kind of broke out of his slump. On, on so wait to see what happens in Game Five. So, but you're telling yeah, me you know, you're telling me that it's, you're telling me that it's okay if he doesn't shoot in Game Five. That's what you're. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying if he doesn't shoot. It is necessary for doesn't him to score shoot. in Game Five. Doesn't, I'm not saying it's okay if he doesn't shoot. I'm saying it's not a big deal if he doesn't make those shots. If he's doing everything else, if he's doing nothing else and, sh- and and missing, like 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 Salinger. If Salinger's in the game and only shooting and not doing anything else, and he's missing, he's useless. Yes or no? Right. Sel- Salinger's okay. been useless. Okay. Well, I'm just saying though. Just an, just for an example, Kelly Olynyk. He took one shot and was up. Oh, I don't think he's ready. Boom! Took him out in four minutes. Who are you comparing Jay Crowder to? I'm not comparing anybody to anybody to anyone. All, what, I'm, no, all, I'm, all I'm trying like to say, if Jonas no. Terebko isn't sc- all shooting, but he's all doing I'm the saying thing, is, okay. all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if Brad Stevens sees that Jay Crowder is doing everything else, why is he going to pull him and, and say like, "I need you to score"? No. Okay. Well, Sway, so I'll I'll take your input on this, but what what I'm saying is that he's one of your top scorers. So in the playoffs, you need your top scorers to produce. He hasn't been in the playoffs. He hasn't been in the, in the top scorer in the playoffs. It's been Evan Turner, who has I, been consistently. I understand that. Which no, been, they're, just been, saying, they're just saying during the regular season he, he's been. With right. Yeah, that's which fair to say. Exactly he had 15 points. It, yes. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If he got you here, he needs to produce. That's all I'm saying. So what do you think about that? I get what you're saying. I, I completely I, – I understand because of, you know, we've seen what he's, what he's capable of doing, which is, you know, be he's a reliable shooter from the, from the corner – a reliable guy to, to give you to give you buckets, to give you points. But at the same time, the Celtics have proven that they can win games, especially against the Hawks, without him doing that. However, we know again, again back to what I said, right, you know, right, right when we start talking about Crowder's production, we know Crowder can 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 score. He hasn't been able to do it up until this point. I don't think he's one of the guys you have to worry about because I think he's going to get it sooner or later. I thought Game Four would be that that night. Yeah, he sort of warmed up a bit, but 11 points wasn't necessarily what I had in mind. Trust me, quote me on this. Crowder is due. I don't know if it's going to be game five. It might be game six. But either way, you're going to see a big game for Crowder. Do the Celtics need it? No. But really? will it happen? Yes. Yes, I think it will happen. I think he's really? due. Uh, you know, uh, Steven is... said it before game four that he's a, he's a firm believer that shooters like Crowder, they don't continue to, to slump for this long. You know, we're, we're four games into the series now, and I don't, I don't see that happening in Game Five or Six. One of those games, you're going to see a big game from Crowder. And this, this is sort of my fear, and I'm surprised to hear you say that the Celtics don't need um, Crowder to go off because my fear is that when you're, there's been times during the season where we've been watching this team, and you see just this offensive, it's just stagnant. You know, you're not sure Thomas is getting bottled up. You know, no one's hitting shots, but then there's. I feel like Crowder's been one of those guys to get him out of that slump and be a reliable scorer. So, I don't know, right. man. Right, and he opens the floor when he's hitting. He, when he exactly. hits that open shot, it opens things up. Right, exactly. And I think that you know, without him doing that, 
for pro uh, this if the Celtics want prolonged success and the chance to win this series and win two of the last three games, you need Crowder back. And and I think it's I think it's absolutely necessary for them to win this series to have Crowder uh, bounce back in game 5 and game 6 and hopefully not game 7 cuz hopefully it's not necessary, but definitely in game 7 if it goes that far. But a- a- anyways, let's let's get off the let's get off the Crowder uh, bus. Let's hope that he uh he bounces back and plays a little bit more like he did in the uh the opening half of game four instead of the rest of the damn series. But, uh, Joel, your segment, everyone's favorite segment, you're in just, case you missed it. You're just saying that. Uh, I, I mean, don't believe it's, it's, everyone's, it's everyone's favorite. I'm pretty sure Dutra's free agent of the week was everyone's favorite, but then, uh, you know, it's playoff time, man. No, in case you in case you missed it, the but other than the San Antonio Spurs, the Cleveland Cavaliers have swept the Detroit Pistons. And, and they're LeBron's awaiting. still a bitch. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> still a bitch. <laughs> but not not as not as much apparently right now as Schroeder being a hashtag certified bitch. Nice. I would call LeBron a certified bitch, but <laughs> so Cleveland is uh, awaiting the winner of the uh, Atlanta Hawks and Celtics, and the Oklahoma City Thunder also won. So they won their series four to one against the Dallas Mavericks, and they'll be moving on, waiting for. The San Antonio Spurs. Well, not waiting for them. They're going to play against each other. Uh, in case you missed it, Stephen Curry, he sprained his MCL. Ooh, Sway, what's up with your Warriors, man? Oh, what are they? Is this my Warriors now? What, they're not like everybody's <laughs> Warriors? Well, I I'm don't know. The best regular season team of all time? I'm pretty sure I called this, man. No, I mean, it hasn't maybe, been hasn't been you determined. You called that he was going to get hurt? I, you called this? I told, you, I told you that if they once, if they didn't go for the record, then they would have had more rested, and then there oh, wouldn't have been that water spot. That. There wouldn't this have been a water spot with... on the floor if they didn't win 73 games, man. That's well, just well, how it comes well, down Hold on, to. hold on. Let me, let me, let me this finish. This has to do with monotonous or other thing. However <laughs> the hell you say his name. Let me finish. This has to do with the, his back sweat <laughs> that he left on the, on the court. All I'm and, saying. And, and, all I'm saying. He unfortunately flipped. This is uh, a freak accident. Come on, dude. This is a freak accident. Let me finish, right? Okay. It hasn't been ruled out for the rest of the playoffs. Oh. It's, he'll be reexamined in two more weeks. What was? What did he get? A sprained MCL. Sprained MCL. Yeah, he's he's done. Okay, a sprained MCL. He's done. He didn't tear it. He sprained it. He's done. And Joel Joel's been no, sleeping no, no, like no. a baby the no, past no, no, two no, nights. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Okay, you never want to see any shit like this happen. You know what I mean? To anybody, for you know, in any sport. But but I you're did. Happy. I no no. <laughs> I did. I did say during the one of uh, on Sunday's uh, broadcast, our live broadcast, that. I didn't think he should have been playing in that game. I think he should have rested the rest of that series. Well, I don't think they need him to beat the the Houston Rockets. Yeah, they definitely don't. Um, I think he. It's hard keeping him out of the game though. But what what was it? No. It was. Well, that's, his, but that's but that's on Steve Kerr. Was it the same ankle on the same leg as the knee? Correct. Okay, so yeah, that's that's prob. I don't know. Maybe I know the floor was wet, but yeah. there's probably some type of correlation there, right? I mean, if I'm Steve Kerr, I wouldn't have. I I would like my man, Mr. MVP, sit at home. Wait for the next series. Relax. Relax. The clip is next. Hang out with your beautiful wife. Do what you do. Be mad corny, dude. He's do whatever. Do whatever you need to do. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, I, I foresaw up that I was going to be sweating the floor and he was going to slip and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it is what it is. And hopefully he'll get, he'll get well soon because that, that's going to be a great, great series, Clippers and, and the Warriors in the next round. Yeah, I think I don't think he's going to see that series, though. Mm, I don't think so. I mean, the doctor said the doctor, the, the doctor had a press conference. If you if you watch that, I heard about it. The doctor it. had a press conference. Which I thought was crazy. yeah. It's going to miss at least two weeks. So it's probably going. To, he's probably not going to be able to make it into that series. Yeah. yeah. 
Which uh, I say, I mean, I don't know, man. Mathis, Mathis are saying, look out for the Clippers. Well, the Clippers, but the Clippers brought the Spurs to seven last last year. Remember that? I mean, they're they're they did. They probably would have if they had any other first round matchup. That they would have been a force to reckon with in the in the Western Conference fight and the Western Conference last year. So if but they also lost to the Houston Rockets after being up three to one. Right, right. I get it. But now that now that Curry's if Curry's out of the mix here going into that series, I think the Clippers can beat beat the Warriors and they could be your dark horse against against the Spurs. I mean, this is a yeah. team that's obviously not afraid of the Spurs. They just knocked them out last year. Right. You know. Yeah, they took them seven games to do it, but I don't know, man. I mean, that's a really tough matchup for the Spurs if that's the way it plays out. Yeah, and I think um, I think when you're when you're looking at the the Clippers, I mean, they have experience. They should be hungry as hell to get to make it to the finals because I mean, Doc's there. Doc's looking for you know sort of he he must be looking at what the Celtics are doing. And seeing where he is at and and stuff like that, I think it's wishing he stayed, but no, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but seriously yeah, though, man, I think the Clippers the Clippers are a tougher a tougher matchup for the Spurs than the, than the Warriors are. And if yeah, I, I'm that. saying this right now, if Steph Curry isn't 100, percent I got Clippers in six. It's funny you should bring that up. You might want to hold that thought for a second there, Sean, because in case you missed it, Chris Paul has suffered a third metacarpal fracture in his right hand. So it looks like he's going to be out probably for the rest of the playoffs if these two teams meet because uh, their series is tied now 2-2 with the uh, uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Clippers in the going back going back home for game five. But um, it doesn't look good right now for either the Golden State Warriors or the LA Clippers as they have both lost their best players in the last 48 hours. So that's in case you missed it. Thanks to everyone who hung out with us over the weekend at the Causeway Restaurant and Bar. Awesome. We had time. two live broadcasts on on Friday and, 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 and Sunday before you know before game three and game four. It was a uh, great support great great showing of support and an outpour of people coming in and you know saying what up to us. Our boys down in Cali. What's your problem, man? I'm sorry, man. Into the open field, bro. All right, okay. Into the open field. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say. <laughs> how do you forget that? Any, anyways, shout out to Into the Open Field. Yes. Um, some boys that that. So Mike, Mike, uh, Mikey, Mike. They're all connected. Yeah. So his, they were actually just his buddies. Yeah. They were going to the Celtics game. He knew that we were going to do Blue and Live broadcast. Came over, bought us a beer. Nice. Took some pictures with the, uh, took with the Causeway Street. Blog sign and everything, so it was cool. And uh, shout him out on shout Twitter, out Mike. If I if I ever if I ever have anybody in Cali that I can have buy you a beer, man, I'll I'll pay you back that, <laughs> that courtesy, dude. But thanks. That and, was uh, that was good looks, and and obviously check them out. They've had some cool stuff up there. Uh, I don't know if this was going to be part of your case and missed it, but regarding the Tom Brady suspension, um, yeah, I, I you know it's not basketball related, but you know here in Boston it's, it's kind of a big deal. It's but fucked up. It's it fucked is. up, is what it is. <laughs> I was having the best day, best mm-hmm. Monday morning, and You're then that just bombshell dropped on me. Yeah. And you were going to go through your first episode without cursing, and you just messed it up right uh, there. Well, he can't bring up Brady. <laughs> Who brought up Brady? You did. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Anyways, no. Uh, also, a big shout out to We Are Title Town. Um, apparel. They came through. Title Town and, Apparel, right? Yeah, Title Town Apparel. But they're on Twitter. They're We Are Title Town. So that's oh. what, what that's what threw me off. But uh, you're just 100 uh, percent on these today, dude. For real, man. <laughs> title <laughs> Title Town. They came through. Title Town Apparel came through and donated a couple of shirts for us to give away. And we 
greatly appreciate that. They were also on our on our live uh, podcast, shooting the shit with us, uh, breaking down game three and game four. So we appreciate that. Uh, Sway, anything you want to add? No, just to piggyback on on what you're saying right right now, man. Big shout out to Allen. Allen's you know signed with us for a couple of segments at the uh, the tail end of that game four uh, pregame show. And he, he really knows the stuff, man. You know we're gonna have to get Allen back on. You know, sooner rather than later. But um, yeah. Oh, no, where where thanks, else? Guys. Thanks for sponsoring us, man. We appreciate it. We'll be we'll also be at the Garden, well at Causeway Restaurant and Bar on Thursday, and Alan will be there because he has already hit us up that he's down. He's down for the cause to come on to come on back and and chill with us and during our live broadcast and and just hang just hang out. Yeah, and come out, guys. If you are, I mean, you don't even have to be going to the game. We chill there after the game too. So come through. We're gonna be we're gonna be watching the the Celtics game that night, probably at Causeway. I think uh, I'll be at the Red Sox game, but uh, I'll be following up afterwards. Maybe I'll make it a little bit. Uh uh, we'll we'll play by ear. It's it's a fun time. Great bar too, and a great restaurant too. The food there is just money. Uh, so come out, check us out, Causeway Restaurant Bar and Grill. And shout out to the manager Tim for having us and all the and all the uh, the wait staff. They were a pleasure to 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 attend us and just and, a, just a fucking pleasure. That's just so gr- it was <laughs> fucking great. It was great. Uh, they are friends now. Yeah. Anyway, so. so Follow us on, on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all at Causeway Street. Like us on Facebook.com backslash Causeway Street Blog and read all our pieces on our homepage, CausewayStreetBlog.com. Yeah, we get a couple good pieces up there right now and coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna put something up tomorrow, probably just going into this crowd, I think, a little bit more. Um, and I, I know Sway's been uh, throwing a couple ideas around some mind-blowing stuff, so keep checking that out. And uh, we continue to provide the best coverage that we can during the playoffs. We just want to thank everyone for the support. Uh, also, subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. Can't believe I forgot those two things. <laughs> you're so like you're so poetic about thanking people, but then you're like, you better fucking subscribe. Man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, thank you. A- anything else, Sway? <laughs> no, man. I mean, you guys, you guys got it all covered, man. What do you want me to say? I mean, you know, check out check us out on CausewayStreetBlog.com. You know, do just right. I'm gonna be. Uh, working on a few pieces to, to throw up there um, throughout this throughout the tail end of this series. Is right now they're getting down to the uh, nitty gritty here, and it's uh, what, what's what's now a best of three series here. Uh, so yeah, check us out, of course, on all of our social media platforms, and now uh, we'll get you ready for these games. All right, so hey, where can they find you on uh, Instagram? I mean, sorry, on uh, Twitter. Of course, man, find me at. Joe underscore Sway one zero and uh, Sam Sam goes on Instagram if you want to do if you want to follow me there. Oh, too. there you go. Yeah, you want to follow same, him on Instagram? He's got, he's got some great pics up there, man. Yeah, no one wants to follow you on Instagram, bro. Go <laughs> use more followers. Was that what you said, John? Was that? He said that no one follows you on Instagram. No one wants to follow. I said you on no Instagram. one wants to see you on Instagram, bro. Like, come on, let's be honest. Hey, come on, man. I got some good pics up there, man. Yeah, you get a. You get I, a I try. I try to live the dream, you know. Dude's got a faceful radio, man. Oh damn! You know, <laughs> talk about my little talk. bro like that, man. That's messed up, bro. Actually, I think there's only like, well, actually, no. Maybe now it's time to get more, more pictures in my actual face. But for a while, I mean, most of the pictures I put up on Instagram weren't, weren't selfies. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, what the hell are you putting up on Instagram, dude? <laughs> I, stay, I try to stay away from selfies, man. I don't throw up selfies like that. Uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a selfie guy. You know. All right. Most of the pictures I throw up there are, are you know, X-rated. It's not of me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, follow him on so follow, follow him on Instagram. <laughs> you gotta see a flooding of followers now. Yeah, so I, 
Yeah, there you go, Sway. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, congrats, man. You just went <laughs> You just went up by like ten followers. <laughs> and I'm at Sean Dutra. First last name, no spaces. S e a n d u t r a on Twitter. Uh, you can find out my stupid ass commentary on there when I'm watching the game. <laughs> uh, but then, other than that, thanks for tuning in, guys. No, good luck, Sway, on the uh, on the check in, and you know we'll 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 see you guys after game five, probably, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be a, a, we'll be live, dude. We'll be live so, at okay. game six. Yeah, check us out live, probably depending on what time the game starts, because we I'm, don't know yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm going two hours before game yeah, time. Normally, so it's, it's probably around six, if I had to guess, because the game would probably be eight, eight thirty. Hopefully, hopefully, if it is, then maybe hear me there. If not, I probably don't make it. Well, well, we'll have you call it. All right, from the Sox game, I'll give a Sox from update. the Sox game. All right, <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Peace. Later.